This podcast is sponsored by the Wilson Center, but it doesn't have to be. It could be sponsored by your firm. Just imagine it. A crescendo of electronic tango. Some love for your company and the enduring gratitude of our listeners. Interested? Reach out to us at laugh at wilsoncenter.org. That's L-A-P at wilsoncenter.org. Welcome back to the Argentina Project podcast brought to you by the Wilson Center. I'm your host, Benjamin Gadan. And I'm your producer, Katie Hopkins. Today's episode features highlights from Adelante or Deja Vu, our recent seminar in Argentina's presidential election, co-hosted by the Johns Hopkins School of Advanced International Studies. Benjamin is not your host today, however. That's right, Katie. I was not. The panel was moderated by Rafael Matus. He's La Nación's Washington correspondent. But I was on the panel, though I'm not sure any of my analysis made this highlight reel. Don't worry, it did. Benjamin was joined on the panel by Monica DeBull, a Johns Hopkins professor and a board member of the Latin American program here at the Wilson Center, and Paula Alonso, a professor at the George Washington University's Elliott School of International Affairs. On to the episode. So as all of you know, uh, Argentina has a new president-elect, Alberto Fernandez from Frente de Todos. Uh, president Mauricio Macri managed to uh, perform quite well in the general election, despite having uh, lost massively in the primary, but almost like 17 points. So uh, Paula, I would like to start with you. I was hoping you could give us a little bit of an overview. How do you see this particular time for Argentina? So we have 103 years of history of democracy in Argentina. And in those 103 years, this will be the third uh, non-Peronist, democratically elected president that will finish his term in office. And he's the first one to finish since the start of democracy in 1983. Our record of democracy in the 20th century was uh, really poor. And so this is, for many reasons, a very special moment in the country's history. It is also important because this, this consolidation of democracy that we're seeing with this turn of events, you know, a non-Peronist finishing this term in office, um, is sort of uh, points to assign to the consolidation of our democracy. Um, in times in which we look at the world context, democracy is in crisis, or at least there are big question marks across the board about, about the value uh, and the practice of democracy. So Argentina generally goes against the different rhythms in the world, and here is one. You know, we are consolidating while the rest of the world is sort of questioning it. Um, the other interesting thing to bear in mind is that we are consolidating democracy in a moment in which we haven't really yet consolidated a very historically stable economic policy. So as you know, in the 20th century and even until now, Argentina has been going through crisis to crisis. We haven't grown, and we haven't found a solution to this. We haven't been able to found long-term economic policies that will provide inclusive growth to the country. And we go through these economic crises, and also institutional crises too. We found ways of going through them uh, without really breaking down the democratic system, at least not too much. We twisted a few things, but we haven't, you know, the system has not broken down. And, and I think in the first days that we have of transition, <laughs> we don't really have good experiences with transitions, uh, particularly between going from different parties, you know, from one country to the other. Uh, we have to remember Alfonsina Menem. Alfonsina had to leave six months before. 
And also the Christina to Macri transition was, was, was less than ideal. So in comparison to those, uh, these last days actually look quite promising. I mean, much more promising than we had anticipated, particularly when we look at the last weeks of the campaign where the language became quite aggressive between the candidates. Uh, it seems that they turned the page and they're moving forward. And that is really great news. You know, we are not used to this. So I think what we have been developing there is a democratic culture that seems to be quite strong. And democratic culture is actually quite relevant because democracy, the mood for democracy can be flicky. You know, people's moods about the democratic processes change. And even within the same institutions, without changing them, when that mood changes, the practice of democracy changes. So the fact that here we have been developing gradually and maybe even without noticing uh, a good democratic culture, again, is something to, to bear in mind. Of course, there's still a very long to-do list to improve our institutions. You know, we are not, of course, we are not, not done. This judiciary system as a whole has been, you know, very much challenged in the last few years, and it will continue to be so in the next uh, few years. So we've been hearing recently is many analysts saying, oh, we're going back to our two-party system that we lost in 2001 in particular. The, the rise of Cambiemos that brings together the anti-Peronist and non-Peronist poll, which is also in alliance with, with the radical party, let's remember that, is the way in which that opposition to Peronism now has been channeled. And they are sort of given the results it seems that they will continue as, as an important opposition to the Peronists. That's one way of looking at it. And the, way, the reason why people say that has to do with the kind of uh, electoral results in which the Peronists went back to having the support from their old base, and the old base has always been the working class. When we look in terms of class and in terms of geography, Cambiemos, well, let's call it Cambiemos because Juntos por el Cambio is quite, you know, a mouthful. Mm -hmm. uh, but Cambiemos sort of, again, won in regions which have been the, the richer parts of the country. And so people say, oh, well, we're back to the old days, you know. But each poll will have to resolve who the leaders are in each poll. And so in the Cambiemos poll, we have many options. Macri already calling himself the leader of the position. But we have Redis Larreta, we have Vidal, we have the radicals, Cornejo and others who want to have you know, their say, that they feel that they have not been very well treated in the past in this alliance. And, and then, of course, we have the poll of the Fernandez, in <laughs> which Fernandez will be the one that leads. Mm -hmm. um, so, so some analysts say, well, they have to resolve these leadership issues. They already have the voting patterns. And now we can go back to a bipartisan uh, system. There are, however, another scenario that can happen. So if we look at the demands of the population in the last 20 years, since 2001, you know, that crisis was a crisis que se vayan todos, but also was a crisis for demand for, at the end of corruption, transparency, good institutions. And that has been a demand that has remained constant in the population in Argentina, in, in large sectors, I would say more than a third of the population. And it was the demand that it was answered by, uh, by Cambiemos too. But it's also a demand that you could find in sectors of the Peronist party. Uh, so when Alberto Fernandez used to criticize Cristina, the reasons for the criticism, or one of the many, were corruption. Uh, today, in the transition team, we have Dilma Ibarra, who was 
a huge critic of Cristina. And so if Cristina pushes too hard on, on Alberto, Alberto has options. He can go to the governors, which of course he's doing, but he can also go across the aisle and, and, and get support from the Cambiemos sector. Benjamin, let's go with you. you you've been a, quite a privileged witness of the last political changes in Argentina. How do you see the bilateral relationship between the US and Argentina going forward, which is kind of like vital, especially for the economy? No, I, mean, I think it's, it's an important question. I mean, it, it gets to the issue of why I care about all this Argentine internal politics between Peronists and non-Peronists. But Argentina has been um, this idea of it kind of going against the grain or on the leading edge of some regional changes um, and in relation to the United States is a significant actor. Um, and again, in the Fernandez versus Fernandez context, we don't know in foreign policy either just how far to the left Argentina will go. But let's just say that certainly the policies will change both toward the United States and, and toward the region. Argentina, in its more, you know, looking at its more recent kind of foreign policy orientation when governed by the Peronists, was very explicitly um, attempting to bring a project of, of Latin America without the US as this major dominant actor. It was a classic kind of rhetoric of anti-imperialism, of empowering multilateral institutions that excluded the United States. Um, we don't know exactly how much influence Christina Kirchner will have in this government, but the idea that Nestor Kirchner was governing as a much more pragmatic, sort of moderate figure, and so Alberto Fernandez, the president-elect, who was the chief of staff, could be assumed to govern also in the same manner. I think it's important to remember that Nestor Kirchner was very much the beginning of this shift in Argentine foreign policy. It became much more radicalized under Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner. But already that you know, movement within Peronism had a very different worldview than certainly you found under Mauricio Macri. So you're not buying the narrative that Alberto Fernandez is going to be a moderate president? I think so. It's possible, right? I mean, I think the arguments in favor of that are that he's conditioned by various domestic and international factors. I'll list them briefly. I think there are compelling details. Um, that the region, as I pointed out, does not look like it looked in the era when Venezuela um, had a lot of resources, when, um, again, Brazil, when Chile were allies of Argentina, when China was growing, when externally the Argentine commodities were providing a lot of revenue and Argentina was very much recovering economically in the early Nestor period and throughout and in the first term of Cristina Fernandez de Kirchner, when the Argentines were not dependent upon the IMF in the way they are now. Uh, so there is this, this idea that I think is a bit optimistic, that Argentina has no choice now but to be much more pragmatic and moderate in its relationship with the United States and, and other actors. We certainly didn't see that in the night of the election, right? There was this uh, happy birthday message to Lula from the president-elect. There was the free Lula symbol. There was a recognition of Evo Morales, a disputed election that the United States and most other countries haven't yet recognized. So it was, it was a rather radical start, and, and to me, completely unnecessary to delve into the most controversial aspects of you know, Argentine leftist foreign policy on the night of the election. With the United States, the signals have been you know, more reasonable, but I think there's going to be areas of policy disagreement, Venezuela above all, that I think will um, create conflicts with the Trump administration, even if on all other issues, you know, uh, Alberto Fernandez turns out to be as moderate as some people think he will. All right. Uh, Monica, I wanted to ask you about the relationship between Fernandez and Bolsonaro. Oh, I like that question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there we go. So, you know, uh, it looks like it's, it's a very uh, not bueno begin, you know, for, for, for both of them. You know, the, the, the messages have been like very, uh, very feisty and, you know, Fernandez has picked Mexico as his first destination. 
when traditionally it is Brazil. So what's up with that? I, I don't remember any other time, any other point in history when you have like two presidents who were not uh, amicable with each other in Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, I agree. So sadly, it looks like Brazil and Argentina, which have always had very good diplomatic relationships, Brazil and Argentina have always had very good engagement. And of course, you know, they're the two countries, um, the two largest countries within the Mercosur bloc. Um, they are fairly isolated from the rest of the world because they're fairly closed economies, but they do have, you know, between them, they have, because of Mercosur and because of the proximity, they have certain supply chains that run between them. So on autos, for example, you have a bit of a supply chain be between Brazil and Argentina. Um, on agricultural products, there's also a bit of a supply chain. So for you know, private companies um, operating in these two countries, having a diplomatic spat between you know, Argentina and Brazil is not good. Um, it's not good for business. But Bolsonaro has, you know, from the beginning, uh, and, and especially after the primaries, um, he started upping the rhetoric on, you know, the, the, the anti-Fernandez mm. rhetoric to which Fernandez responded. And so, you know, for the moment, it, some of the things look like, you know, kids playing in, in, in a playground because, you know, the Lula sign and then Bolsonaro saying, oh, I'm not going to call Fernandez. He won, but I'm not going to call him. It does have consequences, you know, it does, it does have consequences. And I think from here on out, um, it's likely that we will see a distancing of these two countries, which could even, you know, given the Bolsonaro um, administration's stance on Mercosur and the things that have, they have said about Mercosur, so they have trashed Mercosur, and they have even mentioned, you know, that, they, that Brazil would leave Mercosur. Um, some of that may be, may be bluster, some of that may not. Um, and the relationships that develop between the two going forward are going to determine largely whether Mercosur is left standing or not. And thankfully, our producer is a wonderful editor. That's me, Katie Hopkins. If you enjoyed the show, subscribe to the Argentina Project podcast on SoundCloud and sign up for our weekly newsletter at wilsoncenter.org slash weekly dash asado. Mm -hmm.